all the cusp <laughs> could be there for anyone. But when you get to the cusp, it does not mean that you're going over. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right, welcome to our latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Hey, it's me, Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dave. Hey, Scott. Hey, it's a big, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's a big day for us. Anyone who's heard us say our names already knows, if they're hearing us for the first time, that sure. we are American. Yep, yeah, it's obvious. We are Americans who love the Premier League. Absolutely. So much so that we decided to do a fantasy soccer podcast about it. That's right. So our format is that we talk about the last week's matches as a recap and use that as a springboard to discuss fantasy soccer uh, you know, stats and tips and relevant future sure. weeks. But we're still American. Yep. Undoubtedly. So today's a big day for us. We're we're actually just talking about this, and we decided we need to start doing this with the microphones on. Yeah, sure. Uh, big day for us here in America, American sports. We have said in multiple podcasts that this is not. Uh, this is not a basketball podcast. Correct. Brian made this completely obvious before on other pods. Yes, that's exactly right. We repeat it often. Mm-hmm. This is not a basketball podcast. It's actually but a today, cliche now. Today <laughs> is the start of the NBA season. Right. Welcome back. And welcome a- to the start of the most pointless NBA regular season in <laughs> NBA history. Why? Why? Why, why is it pointless, Brian? We're just going to hand someone the title because no, we're not just handing them the title. The title is the only thing that matters this season for one particular team. And it, everyone and knows anything it. less. Anything less than the championship for the Golden the State Warriors the, for Golden State is a meaningless exercise. How would that look? I mean, was City kind of considered that this year, dude? Like in the in the Premier League, were they kind of considered anything less? Mm. Like what what team of recent in the in the top flight of English football in the Premier League kind of would have that pressure? Like if you don't win the title, like then it's just a complete failure. City's probably close, but as funny as it might sound, I'd say Chelsea's probably more historically known for this in the last, over the last 10 years with Abramovich's owner yeah. and the constant carousel of coaches that he's gone through. Uh, if he's not winning trophies, he's sending out the door. So I know they're not, they weren't great last year. They had a really bad year last year, uh, and they're currently sitting fifth in the table now. But uh, I would say historically probably it was Chelsea. Now City is, is up there. United has spent big to... to uh, to be title or bust. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's there's a there's a lo- uh, you know six or I mean Arsenal, perennial title or bust. Sure, but it's club. been a while since they've come into a season where it's like, hey, if they don't win the title, they're just a complete failure. I mean, I think the usually beauty. I feel like there's about re- at least recent. Yeah. There's about four or five teams. Right. That have and we always say have a shot probably. And that's right? the beauty of the Premier League is you've got tiers. You've got those five or six clubs that are going to battle for the title all year long, I think. And we're going to see constant uh, shifts in the table in the top six places. And then you've got the bottom, you know, we don't know yet how many clubs are going to be fighting for relegation, but it's looking like you're going to have five or six. You usually do. Yeah. And, and you know that going into the year, they're, they're the clubs that are going to struggle. And then you've got the mid-table, the West Broms, if you will. Yeah, who, sure. You know, they're, going to, they're going to languish in the middle of the table. But but the fact that you've got multiple teams... The middle of the table is officially named West Bromwich Albion. <laughs> ah, yes, exactly. Exactly. 
it's just yeah. nice to know when you go into a season, you've got multiple clubs who are going after the title. Whereas you're right, Brian, in the NBA, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch Golden State win 73 games again because it's not going to matter. But I'm going to watch. You watch the playoffs. I'm, I'll wait to the playoffs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I but, mean, I'll watch the, I'll watch games. I want to see it. Sometimes, but it's not essential viewing. And everyone knows that May, you'll check the standings periodically, is my guess. And then when it gets to May, April and May, it'll get maybe you start yeah. paying attention a little bit more to seating and where that is. But who cares? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's the, same. It's the goes, same every year. You and you saying that brings us back to Scott. What you have ranted about oh, yeah. before in October. One thing that makes the Premier League yep. so great. Yep. Is that because there's no playoffs, every stinking single game matters. The fact right. that, and we'll get to this, Arsenal drew Middlesbrough. We thought that they would probably, they had been in form, roll over them. And you know what? They Is didn't. this your Arsenal moment? No, it's not. Oh. I don't have one today because it just didn't happen. But bottom line is, it's all right. um, yeah, anyways, but to your point, Scott. Yes. It's October. The season still has, oh, eight seven, eight months left in it, and yet you can't miss a match because they all have equal value uh, in the uh, course of the entire regular season, which is very different than the NBA. So it's a big day, but after you get past opening day, after, you know that opening game, opening week, whatever you want to say, then you just stop paying attention until Christmas hey, at best. Also, real quick, real quick blurb. Today's also the opening day of the World Series. That's right. And the Cubs. The Cubs and the Indians of all years, they Oof. both make the World Series. Good so stuff. it's kind of tough to root for just one. No, it's not. you got to root for the Cubs if you're a neutral. You got You want to see the Cubs well, I, win. The I World have some Series. roots from Ohio. From Ohio. So I, I lean Indians. Yeah, of course. Cleveland's yeah, of had course enough victory this year. They're, they they don't know what to do with victory. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. I, the, the equivalent of Leicester on some sorts <laughs> winning a title last year Uh Listen, they're they're in the 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 World Series tonight, opening night of the World Series, and then right right next door, they're raising the banner as the Cavaliers are kicking off the season to their chance. I mean, that's that's a you know good for Cleveland. It's and isn't it interesting that we're three Americans about to start talking about soccer? I promise we're soon going to start talking about <laughs> soccer. Uh, but we've talked about basketball, we've talked about baseball, but we haven't talked about American football to this point. You don't need to watch it. <laughs> Well, apparently, much of America is agreeing with you. Ratings are down something like 11% so far. And I'm going to just go ahead and say it right now. Right now, I'm going to claim this, that English Premier League Soccer and NBC broadcasting it for now three years in a row is the reason why the ratings are down in the NFL. Even though there's no overlap in the schedule. Even though there's no overlap, (laughs) I think the interest is shifting and I'm just going to go ahead and obnoxiously claim it. You don't think it has anything to do with the on-the-field product, the I think incessant... all of us. I think all of us dumb Americans are finally realizing how great of a product the EPL is. We get more fans every week, and, and, and they just start – the NFL ends up on the periphery. How do we get more fans every week? How do we? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do know. There's, get just... started talking about the match. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Fine, fine. Let's do that. We'll start off with the big one, probably a surprising one for many. Chelsea four, Manchester United nil. Come on, the goals. Do we have to relive this to start the thing? I mean, you know, we've 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 been. What? A, come on, this, this is. I know Scott that you you enjoyed this, 
so much. No, and no, you can't. You can only enjoy it until you realize, oh, it's it's Chelsea winning. I get it's it. It's the it's it's the English version of the lesser of two evils. I get it. You're right, but. Is there anything better than watching Mourinho suffer? Is there anything better than watching? I despise Chelsea, but you know what? I kind of found myself rooting for them just to pound on Mourinho's face. And then Conte at the end, you know, controversially is pumping the crowd up. You know, the Chelsea fans are are up 4-0 in the end of a game against United. And there's crickets around the stadium and... Conte starts the coach manager starts starts pumping the fans up and Mourinho takes offense to it and gives him an earful at the at the end whistle. Yeah, there was no doubt when you were watching that that he was angry. Oh my there gosh. There was no pleasantry in that. You know, Hazard or Hazard, excuse me, as he scored, you know, he runs by Mourinho and kind of gave him the double bird, fisting up and okay, that didn't happen. But that would have been amazing. <laughs> in Ryan. his mind. In his mind. <laughs> he was thinking he yeah. did that, right? Well, speaking of Hazard, uh Pedro, Gary Cahill, Eden Hazard, and N'Golo Conte all getting on the score sheet. There's one name missing there. Costa. Yeah. Well, well, the way the game went, the, the first half for the most part, uh, when Chelsea scored two goals in the first half, they scored in 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Chris Smalling switched off on a, on a th- over-the-top ball. Pedro comes in and goes around De Gea and then taps it in. Great goal. Great goal for them. And then Cahill scored off a kind of a, a for, uh, fortunate ball kind of bouncing in front of him on a on a corner kick. So Chelsea in the first half was a much better team. They deserved the lead, but both of their goals were kind of fortunate. In other words, like they didn't, it was they're a little lucky to get both, both goals, even though, again, like I said, they were the better team. But then the second half, it, it felt like they just poured it on and Hazard and Conte and, and, you know, got their goals and Conte. I mean, come on, if Conte is scoring, you've really switched off. He's a tiny man. He's a great player. Yeah. He is a but great scoring player. goals is not his thing. Yeah. But he juked and jived in the box and actually scored. And, you know, it just things don't look good for United. And um, Ibrahimovic had a earlier in the game had a chance on a cross from from Valencia on a header. He Scott, he was jumping over as Pilaqueta. And literally, like in the freeze frame, Aspelacueta looks like a six-year-old boy compared to like yeah. <laughs> a giant. I mean, he looks so small. And th- you know, those are the type of goals Ibrahimovic normally puts in. He hit it over I the think, top, not by a lot, but he hit it over. I the think top. that was the problem. Is he was so far above another human being that he just thought <laughs> there was no chance of him hitting it straight yeah. or down or anything. <clears throat> so, I I tell you what's interesting though. Chelsea's last three games, they have won, and they have held clean sheets. Hmm. And that back three formation has been, has played a part in it. You're starting to see a lot of articles being written about it and how it's changing uh, Chelsea's performances. And uh, and I think there's something to that. Well, they're feeling more comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's Chelsea's looking. In fact, their their team form. Is such that they now have because of their their clean sheets that they've had, Cartois might start becoming a a valid option, yeah. very possibly a goalkeeper. He had a couple Cahill of good saves. Cahill and Aspilicueta are now jumped in the top ten in defenders scoring. Interesting. So it it just Hazard is starting to look better. He has a goal. In, He's yeah. In I was going to say people are probably going to since everyone chases goals and Hazard's back on scoring now. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably going to. 
a little bit regret selling him if you've already sold him. I sold him a while ago. I don't know that I would have wanted to hang tight there through that whole stretch. No, but, sure. But I'm sure people will be back on him again. I think, yeah, but why not? Why not be back on him, right? I mean, Isn't it interesting that we're a quarter of the way through the year and the narrative has changed now about a lot of clubs, but Chelsea's just the first one that we're talking yep. about. I mean, well, and United, we're talking about United and too. United too. Yeah, their narrative has definitely changed. They started out pretty well, uh, and then it all changed after the first international break. They haven't been the same. Uh, the The Chelsea story was terrible on defense. Play Costa, he'll pour in the goals, and now all of a sudden you're saying you've named three defensive uh, fantasy plays yeah. on the Chelsea squad. Uh, no, I'm seriously. I'm probably by the end of this week, we'll probably at least own one or two. Wow. Um, at least I'm considering it. Now, their their schedule isn't the easiest coming up, but the way they've been playing, it's probably worth a look. Chelsea's upcoming schedule at Southampton, Everton, at Middlesbrough, and then Spurs. So <clears throat> their schedule isn't easy, right? No. I mean, they're playing, what, uh, three of the top seven teams in the table currently. So, um, But Chelsea are going to expect to be winning those games. But their form is good. Yeah, they're they're feeling good. good. The, the the clubhouse feels good. So there's definitely potential there. One one of the names that you didn't mention that uh, I know has started to come up as well in terms of assists is Nemanja Modic. Five assists now in the season, I believe. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Brother Matt made us aware of that stat this past week. Uh, he's second behind De, De Bruyne, which is which is very surprising. Yeah, definitely. And there is value in fantasy for assists. It's not as great as goals, but they definitely uh, will earn points uh, just the same. Uh, are we bailing on Zlatan? I'm I'm probably the last holdout, and I am considering it. It's one of those things where now it's, what, four games in a row without a goal, and, and you're looking at it, and you're like, okay, it really has got to break at some point. Like, it's not going to continue, right? So especially their next games, they got Burnley at home. Okay, so they were just embarrassed at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got Burnley coming to town. It seemed well. And then granted, there, there's the EFL Cup this week against City. Now we'll see. They'll well, probably have a mixed squad going out there. They, they won't be playing yeah. the first team uh, going out there this week because I don't know how much either or team will, or will Mourinho you know, because he needs a win. Uh, maybe I don't and think he cares big, about it, and I don't think win. Pep cares. I don't think either manager cares about the EFL Cup I game. Don't know. I think they're both going to play their second teams, and whatever happens, happens. But anyways, United's upcoming schedule, Burnley at Swans, Arsenal, West Ham. Yeah, so, they get three of their next four at home. you got to think that that's, that can't hurt them. You want to play at home more than you want to play on the road. But, I mean, I just think I, I did what a lot of people did a few weeks ago as Aguero was coming back off of his suspension and sold, you know, moved things around to get Aguero in over – Zlatan and I, I was punished severely, mm-hmm. and so I feel like that was, I feel like that was somehow, the soccer gods, pushing their retribution down upon me. You should never have gone against Zlatan. Well, it wouldn't have. Ma- I feel like it would have been the exact. Uh, you might have netted more points overall for Zlatan, even though it was maybe like one point more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because of Aguero, because of what you know last week. You know, captaining Aguero for minus two. I want to bring this up real quick, just an analysis. I said this during the first half. I tweeted it during the first half of the game. Mourinho didn't started Fellaini again instead of Mata. Yep. And 
it was weird. Mata did not start the year, and Fellaini did, and, and there was times United was struggling. Then he took Fellaini out of the lineup. He played Mata for like three games. They won all three games. He then last week against Liverpool pulls him to be a little bit more defensive. United didn't look good. And then they got kept the point. They, they got Fellaini, yeah, but they didn't look good, and they probably didn't deserve that point. Yeah. And then uh, this week he played Fellaini again, and they looked horrible. I'm just wondering now. Of course, you know. So I tweet out, you know, what the heck is Mata doing on the bench? He must have been listening because he subbed him in at halftime, right? Of course. <laughs> but you know, if I'm seeing it, if if me dumb American can see it, then everyone else can probably see it. Why isn't Juan Mata, who was seemed to be a spark plug for them when he came in, maybe not necessarily this game, but when he was starting, you know, because <clears throat> I've been playing him in fantasy. I mean, I, after he came on and was doing really well, I started playing him. Uh, but since then. Since I started playing him, he had uh, zero and one the last two games. Mm. Now again, he wasn't starting. Now I'm th- I'm thinking that will change. I'll be surprised if that doesn't change. But I'm just wondering what in the heck you got Mctarian sitting on the bench that's that's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Mata that's there. Martial didn't start. I mean, I, Lingard is a decent player, but you, come on, you can't tell me he's better than Martial. I just don't – what was Mourinho doing? I think that's what a lot of people are asking. There's a lot of offensive talent on that on that bench. Exactly right, and that's why I think they're going to explode with goal. You're going to see a, a half dozen show up. That's my – I think so. Somewhere between four and six goals coming in a league match soon, and it'll just it, – the dam will break. So what are we saying about Ibra? Are we? Are we? Are we uh, I mean, I'm just your, hoping that I mean, they're I know coming. you hate him. I just hope they're coming from other places. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. Honestly, smalling for a brace. I'll probably hold on to him this week because they're playing Burnley. Maybe the next two weeks, and they're at Swansea. So you know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, can't. It's not going to help them to lose by no to the knee injury that nope. he sustained, which all so far is just bad. Is the only way anyone's describing it. In the ace in the ligament area, as Mourinho said. Oh, that, that would be bad. Um, who starts, Shaw or Rojo? Who come? Who gets in there? If Shaw's healthy, I play Shaw and move Blind back to center back. I mean, that's that's what they had done earlier in the season. Blind was playing center back with Smalling. Shaw said in a press conference leading up to this match that he was feeling great. It sounded a little bit more like he might even be in there this weekend, and he didn't play so i'm just and Ro, you know obviously rojo did get in there at the end um yeah i just i'm just curious to see what ends up happening with their defense because they've got yeah. nothing and they've offered they've they've given absolutely nothing in the past four weeks we we could probably also go off on pog pog paul pogba there's no point to talk about until he does something worth that I'm just saying just value, as a right? soccer player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And not even necessarily as a fantasy play. There's no doubt that he's not a fantasy play. I'm just amazed. You know, someone said recently, and I, I defended him, I thought maybe he brought other intangible things to the table other than just scoring and assists. And if that's the case, then I was horribly wrong. Because to to cost as much as Arsenal's three summer signings, hmm. uh and or possibly more than their three summer signings, and just to have what seems at times zero impact in the game is shocking to me. 
completely I'll, shocking. I'll start talking more about Paul Pogba when he has more goals and assists combined than he does Adidas commercials. Ooh, wow, well, that's rude. How about wow. that? You're going straight in, after a, a in a, his a, face. A guy. In his um, face. The only other thing was that there that Wayne Rooney obviously didn't even. Yeah. He, he had nothing to do. The son. Who? Who? Wayne Rooney. You might oh. remember him. He's a guy who used to play for them. Um, Wait, the, the, the short... The hair transplant guy, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that the son is reporting that Jose Mourinho has told him that he has to leave Old Trafford if he wants first-team football. He's told that to Rooney? It's, that is the report being it's as an exclusive on the son currently there right now that he has told Wayne Rooney he needs to move on if he wants first-team wow. football. Wow. Not actively wow. looking to sell him, but does not want to keep him in regular plans. So this is a perfect time to 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 keep that in mind but transition to our next match. Can we do that? Yes. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to somehow swallow that. Yeah. Well, because I want to make an application between what Mourinho's doing there with Rooney and okay. what's happening at Manchester City. Manchester City won. Southampton won. The goals in this one, in this draw. Ian Nacho putting in a goal for City. Your boy, Brian. After yeah, Nathan that guy, Redden man. got it started for Southampton. All right, so Pep is, is in the news a lot right now for City as well because he's talking tough with his star players. And what's interesting, though, is that when you're when – you're, yes, City is, is in a, their own string of tough results right now, uh, a loss and, and a couple of draws, but – when Pep talks tough to his players, it's like you, you're, when you're first in the table, you can do that, and it's it's not a jerk thing to do. You know what I mean? Like like people are like, oh, that's a coach talking tough. He's he's taking care of business. Something about the way Mourinho doing that to Rooney. I know it's Rooney, and that's its own thing. But when you're seventh in the table and you're already seen as an a hole and you're struggling, there's something about that that just doesn't work. You know what I mean? I wish I'd had to beep you out there. Yeah, sorry, I yeah. self censored. <laughs> does that make sense yeah I, it like, does make sense i think that that if that's true and i there's i mean i only have minimal reason to, to right not believe this you don't i you don't know i may have just made that up off the top of my head right now <laughs> that's true because it's not like i don't have a device of my own I but it doesn't device. sound unreasonable that's the point but it's gonna backfire on him like those backfire types of things on, on marine it's not gonna work yeah that's not gonna make united better um well, Rooney's already on the bench. I tell you what will make think United better is start playing those guys you mentioned, Mata, those Mkhitaryan, offensive players, Martial. Those things will start making them better. So, anyways, Mourinho though is incapable of focusing, putting putting the major things first. His priorities just seem out of whack. If he's if, if he's he doesn't change Rooney, things, he's going to be out by Christmas again, just like he was last year at Chelsea. Isn't it funny that he has the same number of points as David Moyes? Yeah, it's, I love it. Same thing as Von, I think Moyes had more than Von Gaal at this stage in, in uh, LVG's first season. Anyways, yeah. moving on to City and Southampton. All right, yeah. I, I thought we did that. Hey, well, Aguero. Oh, trying to make, I, I know what you were trying, no, trying, no, no, you you trying like, to do. Yeah, sure. Aguero is under fire. <laughs> Is scoreless again. <laughs> Aguero did not even start and or play at Barcelona in the Champions League midweek. Right. Scott, Sergio Aguero, what, what gives? gives? I don't know. Uh, apparently, uh, 
so there's really only two options. There's either something we don't know that's wrong with Sergio Aguero physically, or he's fallen out of favor with Pep. Or Pep's just trying to teach him a lesson that, you know, and this is this is the kind of tough love that Pep thinks will work for Sergio Aguero. Do you Aguero. teach veterans lessons, Brian? I mean, you sometimes what? you might have to Borderline. Send a message to get your veterans to be the leaders that you expect them to be. Hmm. But what was the story with City last year with Pellegrini? It was that he was not a strong enough manager. I mean, that was that was part of the problem. That was Pellegrini's Pellegrini's problem. You well, know, it wasn't Pep, a problem when they in. won the title the year before. No, but Pep comes in and he's gotten three titles a year for the last five years or however many you know, seven years, however many it's been, which he'll quickly tell you about. He's got the pedigree. He's going to come in and talk tough. He ships out Joe Hart. He he has not. He's hesitated. already shipped out one LRD. He has. What? Well, he's determined and to be the L. He's determined to be everything in that locker room. Apparently. Yeah, and he doesn't. He won't even let poor Yaya in. No, well, that's okay. <laughs> poor Yaya can't even can't even get into the. Right, not I don't even know where he would go. Room. I want no. to mention this: Sergio Aguero's last five games, zero thirteen, and his last three, two. Minus one and one. Yeah. At a cost of 13.1. Mm-hmm. He is almost out of the top 10 in striker scoring. Wow. Yeah. Um, um, this is his longest scoreless streak since last December. Has not had a three match scoreless streak since last December. What are we also to make of KDB, Kevin DeBrowna, being subbed off at a half? Yeah. For the goal scorer, Ian Acho, which looks like a good move, but. You know, for so many weeks, especially when City was on a roll, you know, KDB was the he was the key. He was the he was the linchpin in that whole thing, and he was a great fantasy play. Guys, it, it's hard to tell. Like that, I feel like we got last week, match week eight. We had thirty goals. There's lots to talk about. There were lots of good things. Lots of points that were scored in fantasy soccer. This past week, there were only nineteen goals scored in the ten. There was matches. three. Zero, zero draws. Exactly. And I feel like we got more questions than we did answers. This week made me feel a little crazy because here we are, United's in yeah. turmoil. Who knows who's going to play? Sure. City's in turmoil. Who knows who's going to play? I mean, for for the first six weeks of the year, the only question that a lot of people had was, do you captain Zlatan or Aguero? Yep. Now we just talked about benching or selling both of them. <laughs> it's so true. That's a really, really valid what point. What in yeah. the world is happening? I mean, it makes for great TV. Let me don't get me wrong. Well, but it's a frustrating thing as a fantasy owner. I'll say this for City: we were playing for the most part Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Aguero. You know those yeah. offensive players as much as possible for the first quarter of the season. But the last three weeks, where none of them have done really anything in fantasy scoring, is the last three games were against Tottenham, Everton, and Southampton. All good teams. And so sure. I'm wondering if that had more of an effect and or the fact that teams are starting to kind of get some film on City. And so they're starting to – I mean, Redmond said this. He said, we looked at film and we saw how where they're going to be vulnerable. They like to play out of the back. We have seen, and I ranted about Bravo, how mm. crappy he is with his decision-making. He's given – I mean – God bless. In the Champions League game, not only did he get a red card, but he he passed it to Suarez, 
and then outside the box jumped to block like he thought he was in the box with his arms, the shot going in towards goal. Hmm. But anyway, so Redmond, so what Redmond was saying was, we saw where they were vulnerable. They like to play out of the back. So when they have the ball, we're going to put pressure on them. And Stones has shown that he is not good passing out of the back. Bravo has shown that he's not passing good at passing out of the back. So that's where we're going to try to look for our, to make our mark. And that's exactly where they scored. They yep. Redmond caught Stones, and that that's exactly when they scored. Isn't isn't it interesting that you know Redmond made those comments uh, and. That's right after Pep had made a tactical decision the previous week to go to a back three of his own. And so that's a, it's a recent change. That was Pep's response coming out of the second international break was to go to a back three, change up the formation. You know, we've seen much more of Leroy Sané, much more of Raheem Sterling as, as playing on the wings. And all, already Southampton was able to exploit that to where now, you know, what's Pep going to do? I mean, there's there's a serious John Stones problem right now at Manchester City. Uh, I was telling you guys that, that you know, when I watched Stones give up that goal to Redmond, uh, I, I couldn't help but think about some players like Stones who who were stars at their mid-table clubs. You know, they, they did really well, and they ended up getting sold to and, and signed with top-level clubs, only to suffer and languish there and then eventually go back to mid-table clubs, and they haven't been the same. I'm looking at you, Wilfried Boney. Mm. I'm looking at you, Christian Benteke. Oh, boy. So far, that hasn't happened. It hasn't worked out so well for their careers as a whole. I have a feeling John Stones is in the second step of this three-step process right now. Oh, boy. He's becoming a head case, and you can see it. It's all over his face. You can see it on his face. He kind of has that face anyway. He kind of <laughs> has a dopey, little dopey face, doesn't he? But then, like, but then look at his celebration after his goal that was ruled out for offside. Like, clearly it was affecting him to the point where he celebrated like he'd won his own title in one moment in that match. Yeah. It, this, he, he is a head case. He is, he, th- th- there are some serious issues there, and City has a major problem if they're going to play out of the back with Bravo and Stones as the, as the two centerpieces like you were just talking about, Dave. This is, this is, this is messy. We're not, this is the best part about the Premier League is we're nine matches in. Pep's going to have to go to plan C. Yeah. Now, it's really interesting. It's amazing to me how tough, and and this, you know, in other sports in in the U.S., especially in football, sometimes like a new quarterback will come in and he'll have success for the first three weeks, and then they'll get film on him, the other defensive coordinators, other teams, and then all of a sudden he falls off the table. Baseball, too, all the time. Same thing with pitchers, same thing with the new pitcher, right? Yep. So Pep's going to have to realize that uh, you're going to have to change, and sometimes – Listen, he's a great manager. I'm not going to take anything away from that. But uh, listen, this is the Premier League. It's not. He's being tested, isn't he? It's not. It's not little fun La Liga. Oh, it's not little. Oh hey, I was going to avoid that. Hey, let's be Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga and play three tough games all year. So I'm just saying. I would like to give some credit to the Southampton, to everyone in Southampton for a quality performance and a team that's in the ascendancy right now. Quietly and I like Southampton. Southampton. The the farm I'm sad team. that I've sold. I mean, I wanted to stay true to Nathan Redmond, but at some point, when you do nothing, and now back to back weeks. Yeah, he's got goals. Uh, I'm with you, Ryan. I sold him too. But he was a. We, and we said it at the beginning of the year. It looked like that that tra- that trap term, Scott, that you hate so much. Good value. <laughs> I do uh, hate that term. And now you you know got to think like he had dropped a little bit in his price. You got to expect that he'll go back up a little bit. 
but I think a lot of those guys, like uh, a lot of like Charlie Austin, one of the most transferred in players this week. That you know, people get no return from him. You know, assuming probably that he's gonna. And that was in a match where Shane Long didn't play. You knew ahead of time that Shane Long wasn't going to be subbing in late for him. Uh, another guy, Deuce on Tadich. Tadich, yeah. 28. Which we really liked early, and then he just never gave us well, much he, to go with. Well, he hasn't given you – it just hasn't turned into points. It's a little bit like Christian Eriksen. Tadich has 28 scoring chances created for teammates so far this season. It's the most of any player in the Premier League. Wow. Does not have an assist yet. Wow. Tadich cannot barely do more to get points. Uh, you saying he's uh, on the cusps of breaking I'm saying loose, that you never know who's on the cusp of what. Sure. But, but if you, <laughs> this is a very important <laughs> principle that you need to learn. No one knows who is on the cusp of what and when. You might if think... If you didn't get that, don't worry. I didn't either. All the cusp could be there. For anyone, but when you get to the cusp, it does not mean that you're going over. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Of yeah, course. yeah, sure. definitely. Just because you're at the cliff doesn't mean you're going to fall over it. You know what I'm saying? The point is, yeah, you have a lot of players who are quality. You you don't feel great about giving up the goal against Manchester City, but I don't think anybody playing Fraser Forster or Jose Font or any of the Expected other players, ex, you know, you didn't expect. A clean sheet. That's right. But you didn't really. I don't know that many people would have expected only to concede one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, the only other guy that I don't know what I don't know how many more times uh, Ian. Kalechi and Nacho has to kick a, a ball into the net. The guy's got the most in- incredible conversion rate of anyone ever. What 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 was it? It's uh, eleven goals and seventeen on target shots. That's, eleven that, goals and seventeen on target. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> That's amazing. And he can't hardly get minutes. No. no. He has one 90-minute game this year. He is four fantasy points behind Aguero, and wow. Iannaccio has one 90-minute game this year, and it was against uh, Bournemouth. Do you have in front of you how much cheaper he is? Absolutely. <laughs> you could double his price. Oh, man. He is 6.8, and Aguero is $13.1 billion. Mm-hmm. You could... Literally, pretty much double Iannaccio's price, and it would barely be more than Aguero's. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cities, you got to think Cities next four at least are a little bit more friendly. Uh, Three of them away, though, at West Brom, home to Middlesbrough, at Palace, at Burnley. That's right. Uh, I mean... Yeah, this could change. There's a lot. There's, it is. That's it a is. very favorable. That's a favorable yeah. schedule. You got to think there's a lot of bus parking in there for those teams. But I know, but but, but then say, again, I don't know that. It, I mean, I don't out think there it matters. They're gonna listen. The the book is sort of out. They might get out there and try to press. The them. question is the only question I think I have in those next four matches is who's going to score those goals and who's going to be playing those minutes. It's not as clear as it, it used to be. It is not. It is not. That is oh, this is this is hard. This yep. has gotten really hard. Yep. Yes. All right, next match. Liverpool 2 West Brom 1. For Liverpool, the goal scorers Sadio Mane and Philippe Coutinho. Those are the two chosen midfielders for this week. 
And then Gareth McCauley puts one in to make it interesting late for West Brom. Firmino wears, uh, Roberto Firmino gets the assist on Mane's goal. He wears baggy shirts. Roberto Firmino. Yeah? Yeah, he doesn't He probably wear... needs it to go over the, the is that ponytail. The, is that the best analysis we have in this, this... game? Is the fact that Firmino's <laughs> shirts are baggy? This is my analysis of Liverpool West Brom. Sure. Firmino wears Firmino baggy, wears baggy so shirts. That's what you thought of this match. <laughs> and I'm not making a bad West Brom pun. I'm saying, oh. I think. <laughs> listen. I just think it's respectable sure. in this day and age that a, that a man in the Premier League wears a shirt that's, that's, maybe done, that's not just, fitted. Maybe he just doesn't want us to see his tiny nipples outlined in his kit. I, I mean, I, he doesn't look like he's out of shape. I mean, obviously the guy, like, no, no one runs more than the Liverpool midfield. Why did I true. encourage this to keep going? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm we just saying. Right hey, um, Liverpool. Yes. Yes, Dave. Coutinho. Yeah. Coutinho's goal is a great. C- Coutinho seems to be a must own. It feels like sort of like Walcott. Coutinho's value is only at an eight point four. Yeah. It feels like like do I want to own Coutinho or like Sterling? Like they're they're competitive okay. in price wise, and and it early on it was Sterling because there were some games that Coutinho was missing, and you're like like I mean everyone kind of got stuck with that early on at one point or another. Now he's had a his last five games he's played, right? Liverpool doesn't have any European football, so that, right. that helps them tremendously, especially this time of year, really. It makes their lineup a little bit more predictable. Assuming Coutinho's going to be in injury. there. Yeah. Assuming if he's healthy and there's right. no dumb international breaks and other, or other things, Coutinho you can count on to be in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last four games, 7-14, 2-3-10. Huh. He has 56... Fantasy points is third overall behind Walcott and Sanchez. Wow. So interesting. I, so I feel like he's a must-own. I feel like he's a must-own. All right. Can I, can I make this personal for a second? Yeah. All right. So I have suffered through many a week of you saying, you know, of the of the Liverpool midfielders, you probably should own Coutinho and Lallana, maybe even Milner if you're going to base, you know, if you're going to depend yeah. on a PK. Yeah. I'm sitting here and I've been staying true to Mane and Firmino. Which felt great this week. I vice captain Sadio Mane, which 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 would have been great, had, sure. had, you know, had that had been necessary. Uh, but he he did great this week, so I felt like sticking with him was justified. And I feel like that's going to be the way that it is. I'm going to watch Coutinho and Lallana get theirs, and wait for Mane and Firmino to to do the same. Lallana's been a, on a little bit of a cold streak. He was kind of leading the line for the midfielders yep. in his last three games. He's had one, one, and three. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit of a groin Coutinho. streak too. Is it? Yeah, groin sort of. streak. Yeah, sure. I mean, it didn't help him. He lose, you lose the. Right. He gets subbed off twenty minutes in or whatever it was against yeah. groin streak. A few weeks ago. So here's my question, though. As, as you know, this is, this is me legitimately asking. Even though I compete against you in fantasy soccer, sitting with Mane and Firmino, you're saying Coutinho is a must own. Which one of the two do I sell to get Coutinho? Firmino because they, he's at eight point well, five. Last week, so, Dave, you said that Firmino's, you don't know how you could own Sadio Mane. So I just, I know, I'm of just course, trying. To of course, think he of, scores after that, right? <laughs> and an assist. Well, up until this past week, the the four games before that, Mane had two, seven, two, and three. So it's not like he was coming in with a, a great. Now, again, he's a. I have always said, I love him. I'd take him on my team any day. He is a fantastic player. He's sturdy. He always seems to be out there playing. He gives everything he has. Every single time, whether it's for, you know, 
it's not just the Klopp effect on him. He did that for Southampton too yeah. last year. He's a, a menace. Um, he is a fantastic player. It just doesn't oftentimes show up on the score sheet. And like we've referenced, Liverpool's midfield is probably the best attacking midfield in the in the league all around. So it's just like, who do you pick sometimes? And Mane was the most expensive midfielder out of all of them. So, sure. I mean, you could sell Firmino and or Mane and, and make money to sign Coutinho right now, and Coutinho is a better play. So if it was me, I'd probably sell Mane because he's not going to rip off a couple 12s in a row. Maybe it happens, but I doubt it. So for me, I, you you said which one would I sell if I were to get Coutinho, and I would yeah. I would say Mane. And bringing it back last week, I I went on a, a little bit of a, a speech about how Mane is one of those players that you just plug him in and you wait for the good weeks, and you know at the end of the year he's going to have a hundred plus points for you. Uh, at you know, there is something to be said though for putting in a different guy who's going to score even more points yeah. and continue to put him in, and obviously that guy's Coutinho. I, I'm probably not going to waver on Mane. I like Mane's upside. He's going to have those big, big, big weeks. And with my triple captain still in my pocket, he's the guy that I, try to cash in I, on. I'd like to try to guess that one right. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Firmino, he's hard to sell, too. It, it's just so hard. We, we've highlighted this on our website. How do you, how do you pick your fantasy midfield? Well, Brian gave us a, eight ways to how to choose a Liverpool a 12-step guide, yeah. 12 12-step oh, guide. Geez. Uh, but Most of them end with you smashing your head directly <laughs> into the nearest wall. It's also possible that it ends with you taking a nap, which might be the preferable thing there for the, the nonviolent of you. Congrats to those who had Gareth McCauley as their token baggy. Wow, on yeah, line. absolutely. Putting yeah. in the goal that paid off. Chadley and Rondon didn't score this game, but. I still think they're probably good plays moving forward. Although, I like Chadley a whole lot more in the midfield in a midfield role than I do Rondon as a forward. True, I would agree. Chadley with Chadley looks like he he's got the eye test passed. Yeah, as well he he looks like a man among boys on that West Brom team. Yeah, uh, West Brom's upcoming schedule: City at Leicester, Burnley at Hull. So it's not horrible. No, I can see Chadley just stealing another ball from Stones and putting one in past the hapless Bravo. <laughs> I could see that. Um, the thing I wanted to ask about is Liverpool as a goalkeeping. Ugh. That's what I. That's what do I, they play that, with a goalkeeper? Because because <laughs> you can watch you can watch uh, Jurgen Klopp himself talk about how this is not a there there is no issue. Simone Mignolet is just fine yes. as a goal to, as a goalkeeper, right? He just needs to make a decision, and his decision is that Loris Karius is our is our number one goalkeeper. Yes, Simone Mignolet is not happy about it, but he's a professional. Correct, and he's working really hard. Yeah, Mignolet has a higher save percentage this his year. His save percentage is higher because Loris Karius has faced six shots <laughs> for in his time as a starter and has conceded three goals uh, in those six shots. That's, that's Thibaut Courtois-like. Well, the pro- part of the problem is he doesn't see many shots. I mean, six shots total. Liverpool is the fir- number one in shots against for the season. Uh, out of seemingly nowhere. It, it was. I think it's a little surprising to see them at the top. In the, Especially in, because they've only had one clean sheet. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's part of the problem. I mean... Just last week, and I think this is the second week in a row now I'm quoting Men and Blazers, so I apologize. I do like them. Yeah, sure, of course. We, we appreciate what they do. 
But uh, just last week they, on their podcast, they talked about how Edwin Vandersar, I believe it was, said that it was harder to be a goalkeeper for a club that doesn't see many shots. Like he, he would get more nervous if he'd gone 70 minutes without seeing a shot because it was just harder to stay focused and to stay in the match when you're not having to do anything. And I think we're seeing that with Liverpool this year. As opposed to Tom Heaton seeing a shot exactly, every 10 seconds. Exactly, right. Yes. There's a reason why he's doing so well, Interesting. even though he's also giving up that's probably yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah, I think but so. But it just says a lot about the defense and the, the everything else about them. That it is. They don't give up a lot of shots. When they finally do, it's not good. The, it, <laughs> the, the scale is somewhat balanced at this point because as long as they keep winning, that's a good thing. They find ways to win. But it is troubling that they can't even get a clean sheet to West Brom at home. And, and, that, and that's part of a, a trend that has continued throughout the season. Liverpool's upcoming schedule at, Pal- at Crystal Palace, Watford at Southampton, Sunderland. So three of those four, fairly easy. Yeah. So, Although I fear Christian Benteke's revenge. Maybe. I do. I mean, but still. And again, good luck choosing... You're a Liverpool midfielder. I would yeah. say your safest bet is probably with Coutinho. Okay. But it's been a couple games quiet for Milner, and we know he'll take a PK. So, inter- you know, keep oh. that keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> it's so hard. Fantasy soccer is so hard right now. Yes. Arsenal, nil. Middlesbrough, nil. Dave, if you weren't an Arsenal fan, I don't know that I'd want to talk about this match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got nothing. What do you want to talk about? Happy 67th birthday, Arsenal. Uh, There's nothing that celebrates your 67th than a nervy nil-nil draw to a team that people expected you to beat seven. This is so, such a weird game. When we said this last week, and, and Brother Matt and I talk about this all the time, where... We, the things we think that are going to happen, that, that should happen in a game, don't. And oftentimes the complete opposite happens. I mean, this felt like a game where Arsenal could win probably 3 nothing and should have won. Watching the game, they didn't play bad. It no. wasn't like they played horrible. In fact, I would almost say Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough played pretty well. but And Arsenal had chances, but they just didn't get them in. And obviously you have to put goals in the net. So they just weren't clinical enough. I know they didn't play a ton, but Arsenal had only won one of their last six matches against Middlesbrough. That's four draws in there, but still. That's crazy. That's kind of crazy. For the first 30 minutes of this game, Arsenal had like 90% possession. (laughs) I mean, it was almost... It was still really lopsided by the end. It was like 75-25. It was 75-25 at the end. And Um, yet... If you watch the chances that both clubs had, Middlesbrough had some really good chances. Peter Cech was the player of the game. You know, I, I think almost to your point, Scott, and almost even uh, even more of a credit to Cech was the fact that Arsenal had the ball for so long and yet was still called into action multiple times, had to make plays. They had two of their shots on, on goal for Middlesbrough from Adama Traore on latching on to long balls played out of the back. And Koscielny and or Mustafi, they either miscommunicated or one time Koscielny almost, Steven Gerrard-like, fell down. And and then Traore almost has a one-on-one with Czech, and Czech, Czech beat him. But it was those types of plays where even, even sort of like the defense was almost switching off because Arsenal had so much of the ball. But you know what? It's, it's, what's really disappointing is this, because then City draws. 
and Spurs draw. And you could, you know, you're kind of all tied at the top. And these are two points you're playing at home. And you don't get, you drop two points here. That's, in hindsight, really, really disappointing. And, and part of me would like to say, hey, this is just a Premier League. But this is a game, I feel like, regardless of how well Middlesbrough played or whatever, and when you didn't play horrible, but you just did, the bottom line is you didn't get to two points, yeah. and you got to do better. Yeah. you got to. This if you want to win titles, you gotta, you got to figure out a way to win this. I'm thinking a lot about the intro to this podcast right now. That's where October matches matter. I will say, is can, can we find our first bit of fantasy soccer clarity here with Arsenal? I'm looking at the the rankings at defender and at midfielder overall in the league. Two of the top three defenders are Arsenal defenders. Yeah. The top two midfielders are Arsenal players yeah. as well. Are we say last week we said play all your Arsenal players, especially during this stretch of matches? Nil nil draw doesn't look so good. Uh, at, you know, right after that advice we gave. Of course. But looking at the overall rankings, can we still say with some with some clarity play your Arsenal players? I think so. I think their their team form is still good. I think they're on a nine or ten ten game no loss streak uh let me name the specific players that i was referencing koscielny and bellerin uh, bellerin as the yeah. defenders walcott and sanchez as yeah. the midfielders i i still you want to play the right players right well i was i that was my last uh transfer dilemma ending the week like a lot of other people did i mean most people really quickly threw walcott into their lineup uh, he's still not very expensive. I mean, I think most, I think 8.1 is still attainable for most people based on who you have in your midfield. So he's the mo- eighth most transferred in player for the season. You want Walcott right now or Sterling? Walcott. That's the same thing, you know. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, all a lot of those guys. And I think you're just going to go through, I mean, unless you own all of them, right. you're just going to rotate your frustration week to week, <laughs> trying to decide which one to have. A good way to uh, it. Their third most transferred in this game round, Theo Walcott. So his price has gone up, but he's 21% owned. Wow. So, I mean, his ownership is way, way up. Ozil had and Sanchez are still the guys. O- o- Ozil was way offside on the goal that he did score, but and Sanchez was really close. Walcott's probably going to have his, but I think all three of those guys are... I mean, I just don't think you have much of a chance unless you already own Sanchez. You don't have much of a chance to get someone like him because he's too expensive. Ozil's a little bit, he's in in between, but he's still expensive. Ozil's a 9.6, Sanchez 11.3. Walcott at 8.1 Walcott's is, that's, I think, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it is, seems like the, it does seem like the no-brainer. I just wonder with the defenders, I know the Premier League is making the case for Mustafi, over anyone else for Arsenal as far as defenders go. Entering the match, more clearances, blocks, and interceptions than any other gunner. He's been good. Leads the leads the team in completed tackles with 12. Leads all gunner defenders in successful passes. He has an 87% completion, pass completion rate. All of those things are going to translate into bonus points. For for him, yeah, and also that he's because he's big, he's been he's had more attacking threat even than Koscielny hmm. up front. He's six dollars, right, which is expensive. It is, but he's only owned one and a half percent. Hmm. 
So if you're going to do something about about those guys, he, you really want to own the people that are on there that we just talked about owning the people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the what kind people. of podcast is this become? The people. Then none of those guys wear baggy shirts. Sure. <laughs> right. Not You're not going to find a baggy shirt on one of those no, guys. But if, like the, a, like but if there is a but if there's somebody shirts. on the team that's not going to wear a baggy shirt, Mustafi seems like the guy. What I'm saying is for percentage ownership, I don't think you do I don't think you're going to hurt yourself at all owning Mustafi, someone like him. Mm-hmm. Or if you can get to Ozil, that's the guy I that's the guy I think I want more than anyone Ozil else. Seems it's just to be really expensive. On recently. Yes. And he's a 9.6 his last 5 games, 210, 310, 3. So Yo-yo. he's sort of doing having a Roberto Firmino style of games yeah. a la last year. Maybe this next game at Sunderland is a Ozil game. Captain all your gunners. Well, <laughs> all of them. Will Giroud be back this week? Does it matter? I don't think so. You he don't might, think he will? He might play against Reading. He might play against Reading tomorrow. So you don't expect to see the, him in a in Premier the, League match anytime soon? Game. Nope. I doubt Wenger changes that okay. lineup unless an injury comes along. He's a sub at best at yep. some point. Ignore ignore the meaty French forehead. Yep. I okay. think that's exactly right. And I listen, I like him. I've always touted him, but Wenger seems to be stuck in a way. And listen, Arsenal's form's been good. I'm not there has not really a big reason why to shake things up too much. Is there any chance coming off a nil nil result in the league and if he puts in a goal or two in the EFL Cup, it's obviously hypothetical, that maybe then Wenger would use that to maybe. say Maybe, but I doubt. I There's mean, a lot it, that has to happen for that. Sanchez has been pretty good in that spot. Do you care one tiny bit about anything having to do with Middlesbrough? No. no. Do you want to talk about Victor Valdez? No. no. All right. All right. No, nothing to see here. Moving All on. right, moving along. Next match is another nil-nil draw. Bournemouth and Tottenham. Nil-nil. This was the most frustrating clean sheet. Because Toby Alderweireld was my Spurs defender, out with an injury. I wish oh, he had man. just gone out and laid on the pitch for ninety minutes. This was and fr- given me the clean sheet. Point. This was frustrating all around. Yeah, it was. It was a rough start to the weekend. So that was a seven thirty game. His first, well, seven thirty Eastern, but yeah, yeah, first first Premier League game. Of the Son weekend. started up front. Yep, seemed promising for those of us who held on to him. Yeah, after last week, uh, after I, ninety minutes, he was minutes. my contrarian captain this week. Ooh. Uh Expecting that uh, they could that, that good, there that there were good, that there were goals to be had yeah, absolutely that's there a good were call there I mean there were lots of chances but nothing nothing to result uh, the only thing to come out of this one of any note is a, a like a, a, a ban I was gonna say likely but I think it's almost certain at this point Musa Sissoko is out probably for three matches with a with a ban it looked very obvious elbow to the head to Harry Archer although Brian would tell me that Harry Archer would say. Harry Arter, class act, saying, hey, he apologized. I don't think he should get a ban because I believe him, is, <laughs> is basically what he's saying. If he means the apology, and I don't have any reason to think that he doesn't mean it, then I hope he doesn't get banned. That's Harry Arter. It's been a rough the, the, year, though, the, for Sissoko. You can't keep doing stuff like what? this. And is this trickle-down kindness from Eddie Howe? 
trickle down kind of. It starts yes, it starts it up is. top. Eddie Howe is just he just is he's a he's a good coach. Everyone's everyone loves that guy. Coach. What is he coaching? Man, manager. He's a manager. Yeah. He's yeah. a he's a manager, Your not coaching. Yeah. yeah. But he's blowing a whistle out on the side. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it just seems like that that just seems like that's a, the team, the tone of the team. The meanest thing I think Eddie Howe's ever said in the locker room is, gosh darn. It might be. Yeah. But Harry Arder is not doesn't see it the same way as you hateful you hateful American jerk over there. Sissoko <laughs> should be suspended. Harry Arder is a soldier and sort of like, hey, you know, sometimes I might elbow someone. So you're I'm just gonna, we all have you're we happy all have, because he's out now against Arsenal sure. later this month. We That's all have we, we all have we all have bad reactions to things that we don't like sometimes, and I think we all, he just reacted badly. That's what Harry Arter is saying in this. Surprisingly, Charlie Daniels and Adam Smith, yeah. defenders for Bar- Bournemouth, mm-hmm. Burnmouth, Burnmouth, Burnie Mouth, are in are in the top ten in defender scoring, hmm. and they are cheap at five point zero and four point seven. Uh, Charlie Daniels starting to come into a little bit of form. Last two weeks, 13 and 6 points, respectively. Adam Smith, 5 and 6 points, respectively, the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, frustrating for – yeah, definitely get – and Boric. I don't think you and could – I don't think you could do wrong with – really. I feel like we talked about that in reference to the Premier League saying that as well. Like, it just doesn't seem possible. Get, get the cherries in. Get, get the cherries in there because their they're matches – Upcoming, this was a f- even a few weeks ago. Were, cherries, were favorable. The Cherries' next three matches at Middlesbrough, Sunderland, at Stoke. Wow. Yeah, you don't hate so any of those. Those are, and then and then they play at Arsenal. So I mean, for the next. Three Although weeks, you know, you get you get a resurgence Stoke. We can talk about that later. We will talk about that later. Um, well, that's amazing. We just gave four names for a, a keeper and three defenders, and possibly. we're saying. Yeah, the most and, and their schedule is favorable coming up. Yeah, I'm seriously looking at transferring amazing. to to Cherries in <laughs> defense. And you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna bank three four pounds doing that. I would imagine could. that's amazing. We, but we like bedillion dollars. Not um, how is it possible that the the most obvious thing to do in fantasy soccer right now is to play the Cherries? How is that possible? Well, and, no, no. And, at defense and sell Ibrahimovic and Aguero. At defense, and, I know the, the the whole thing is turned this upside, is upside down. down. Yeah. Quote, a, this is upside down. World. In what for world we live? This this is, side... this is the upside down. If you've seen Stranger <laughs> Things <laughs> on on Netflix, this is the upside down. It's this, true. Yeah, that's that's great. And Zlatan's the monster. This is not a Stranger Things podcast either. Oh, okay. uh, sad Ex- for excellent show. For it really was sad it. for most people playing non-defenders in this. I do. I own Danny Rose in our draft league, and that was another one. Where Danny I, Ro- Lo- Rose loves a yellow card. He loves a yellow card. He I mean, loves- he'll get senseless, like, for no reason, yellow cards. Just be, I think he realizes, oh, it's like the 50th minute. I don't have a yellow card yet. Yeah, I'm going to tackle So far this season, he also seems to love the game-time decision designation, too. The guy, the guy has either not played or been, like, he he hurt his toe, and we're going to assess him up to the up to the eleventh hour. He literally at, at the fifty second mark before kickoff looks over at Pochettino, kind of yeah. gives him a thumbs up. Way says, past the point where it's good. a choice for you to play him. Or then, not. then Ben Davies just kind of sulks and walks back to the bench. Uh, sad for anyone also that that bought on Junior Stanislaus. 
the that also uh, that was Scott, also you, you know what i i said and, i wasn't gonna do it and i did but then it was a weird me. game time i don't think if he, he it was a calf injury and he was and he, yeah and it was a late knock and yeah. he it, he ended up not playing but you he know was crazy in form i don't blame you it's just sort of some crap luck really 5.5 billion dollars oh, but you lose people who you know you lose son you lose stanislaus for this match there's just a lot of a I lot of atta- both of them a lot of attacking that didn't happen for a lot of players who you kind of expect a little bit more from anyway. if it wasn't for payet and mane it would have been a really bad week for all me. right Leicester 3 crystal palace 1 Four of the 19 goals this weekend were scored in this match, and I don't think anyone cared. And I don't think it matters. Let me just give the names yep. of players you don't own who scored. Ahmed Musa, Shinji Okazaki, Christian Fuchs, Johan Kabai. I, if you have any of those players in your lineup, you're, you, you have no ticket. idea what you're doing. <laughs> He got like fact. <laughs> I want like a lot of other people to believe in Christian Fuchs. I own Fuchs in both in in any league that we are in. I own him. I did own him at to start the season. Were you, but about long ago sure. sold him. Right. Were you guys as surprised as I was after his goal was scored to learn that that was his first goal ever for Leicester? Yeah. Fuchs. Yeah. His first goal. Shot, by his the way. first goal ever it was. A, was ridiculous it was a corner that bounced out to him outside the box he hit struck it with his left foot kind of the outside of his left foot and it just kind of laser bananaed into the it was scored with all the pent-up aggression of a man who has yet to score a goal for his team for years laser banana yeah it laser bananaed it you've never heard that term before brian no i laser banana it like kind of shapes like a banana but has laser power oh yeah okay right yeah. I mean, that seems yeah. oh, laser banana. I have the picture. Sure. Yeah, I think all of our listeners do too. There was nothing in this match. It felt like this was a cut match. Well, and part of the reason mattered. Part of, that's a great point. Part of the reason was because Vardy didn't start. Yep. But what? it was because of a Champions League rotation, apparently. This is, this is the first true sign that I've seen that Leicester is, is really only looking forward. Like, they're literally gearing their lineups to the Champions League. They want to try to do as good as they can in the Champions League. Why not? I mean, if you can if you can just stay mid-table and be fine in the Premier League, you, I mean, ask a Leicester fan. Every Leicester fan I've heard, from the famous to the not-so-famous, will say, it doesn't really matter. I would be relegated for... The- Arlo White said this a couple weeks ago. I would take three straight relegation years and still and still keep the title that we won last year. They don't care. That 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 that's starting well, at the club itself. Well, it's convenient to say that. Yes, they might not care, but it's convenient to say that now. They sure. weren't saying that in the beginning of the season when I was saying I they're going to end up in eighth to twelfth place. Sure, and they're claiming that they're going to no, no. be top four. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. But honestly, now that the match has started, it's it's clear they are in an easy Champions League group. They're probably going to clinch qualification to the knockout round in their next match. At this point, the Champions League is the new—it's—it's it's the new sports car. You know, they're—they're they're enjoying it. They don't—they don't care about the reliable old family car anymore. Premier League was last year. This year is the Champions League, which is why none of us own any, any Leicester players. Leicester players. Leicester is unbeaten at home in their last twenty Premier League matches. Hmm. 
That's impressive. They are on a 20-match unbeaten streak at home. 13 wins, 17 draws. Wow. Their last loss, Dave? Oh, yeah. Sure. At home to Arsenal. They, when they, they got, got to be like 4 or 5 to 1 or five something. 5 to 2. 5 to 2, yeah, sure. You remember that match well because that was the day that you thought, we're headed to the title, baby. <laughs> no, not that day. The, the Welbeck header at home game against us. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but no, I feel like that's, I feel like even in their bad form season, that's, I feel like that's, that's still a really, yeah, I feel like that's still, like the King Power Stadium is still a, a, still a night, it really is still a fortress. Yeah. fortress it's one of the power. best fortresses for anyone. Burnley, two, Everton, one. We are definitely still in the upside down, Dave. What in the world? <laughs> Goals from Sam Vokes <laughs> and Scott Arfield, late, late from Scott Arfield. Uh, Yannick Molassi getting the goal for Everton. But uh, last week we gushed about Stecklenburg, and rightfully so, saving two penalty kicks uh, against City. Uh, a little bit of an error here leading to that first Sam Vokes goal. Somebody poured some regular petrol into the diesel engine, <laughs> and the Kuman train needed to stop for repairs this in is, Burnley. This is what I'm going to say about the old Cumin train. Somebody threw somebody threw away their old garbage into the into the steam engine and not coal. Any if, what, if any what other train fuels are there? If any idea. I, I have no idea where to go with this. Yes, I, you do. Listen, Burnley owns the Merseyside. It's true. Burnley it's true. owns Merseyside. <laughs> They beat Liverpool. They beat Everton at home. Uh, so as much as the pool fans who hate Everton want to want to jump around and chant and say, you know, give birds to the Cumin train as it's as it's going, you know, dry, you know, chugging by. Hey, they took their lumps at Burnley too. Isn't it funny how both matches were very very similar? The yeah. only difference is Everton got a goal. Yeah, and uh, but otherwise it was exactly the same. Everton dominating in possession, dominating in chances, but it was Burnley that ends up. Getting the win. How did Everton not win this? I know. Well, how in the world did they not win this? Could not have had better or more chances. Tom Heaton. Absolute domination. He is the number one goalkeeper in fantasy soccer. He makes. I don't know what his save. What I wonder if he's on pace. We need to get stats on this. See if he's on pace to set the Premier League record. And saves this year. Everton, he's gonna, he's got to be close. Everton had not lost in their last eleven away matches against newly promoted sides. Yeah, not like that matters historically for the Cumin train, but still, you have a bit of a historical precedent for Everton versus the newly promoted, and this was, it was a derailure. I, I have, I've done some quick math in my head. Um, double checking it now. It looks like through nine matches, Heaton has forty-seven saves. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I don't have fifteen, sixteen stats here. I'm on the Premier League's website. The only season they're giving me is fourteen, fifteen. Okay. He had one hundred twenty-seven saves that year. So forty-seven through nine matches, fourteen, fifteen, he had one hundred twenty. He's on pace to definitely shatter his own record. <laughs> shatter. Like he's on, he's he's almost on a two hundred save pace. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, that's crazy. All ten of Burnley's points this year have come at home. 
So there's something there. Uh, they clearly enjoy turf more, and, and, and that could be of benefit. Just to no, no one just walks into turf more, Brian, and gets No, I think we've said that all year. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yannick Bellassi is good. That I'm guy telling is good. you, just give, again, Everton lost. Like you said, how did they lose? They they How did they lose this? They should have won. Kuman's teams have a record over the years of getting stronger as the year goes on. I think it seems like they still got some guys kind of slowly shaping into form. It's going to be interesting to see how that team develops. What's Andre the- Gray comes back this oh. week. Good. Before you move on, okay. does anyone care? No. Not I mean, yet. it helps them but in real life, does it not? It helps them in real life. Lukaku, is he finally back from the dumb four-game ban yes. of something Andre, he tweeted ten years ago? Andre Gray's return from suspension... From his his four match band ends this week. It's it ended what? with that match. A stupid band. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, I will say this: uh, Are we going to talk at all about Velasi having? You mentioned Lukaku, which reminded me. Well, I mean, Velasi stole the goal from Lukaku. He, he did. He, he took the ball, dribbled. They were like dribbling <laughs> collectively. It was like a co dribble. <laughs> and and Velasi just and took it. The better play. But, but Lukaku the gets play, the. He should have passed it to yeah. the center to Lukaku. Well, props to Lukaku for not fighting with him for giving Velasi the ball. That would have turned into a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That was that hey was... Lukaku's still Lukaku's really good and that's the one guy. If you're not like I know Costa didn't Costa didn't score this week, that's so right. people I'm sure a lot of people transferred him in. Lukaku was transferred in a lot. If there's a guy I'm thinking about just, just leaving just, captain just, every week is well, Lukaku. Or just owning and just making him like my top guy. Yeah. And subbing out Aguero, it, it might be for Lukaku Absolutely. and just and just taking whatever I get from him. Yeah. West Ham won, Sunderland nil. If it wasn't for Winston Reed, we'd have another nil-nil draw to talk about. Yeah, hammers. Sunderland's hearts broken. Um, Pyatt with the assist. Hey, what's it like to be a Sunderland fan? <laughs> Not sure. You know he... when their last win was? Well, it, I know they, they don't win a while in September. They, right? Their last win was at home against Everton in May. So it was at the end of last season, but still. Uh, winless in their last seven against West Ham. They haven't won against West Ham since January 23rd. So no one's getting relegated. Uh, uh, there's no question. But I like that you brought up the lack of wins because uh, BBC had an amazing stat that inspired me to write a limerick. Oh, oh nice. Sure. So it, it's about a, a player in particular who happens to be on Sunderland, and it happens to be about a lack of wind. So can I read the limerick and then explain what it's about to you? Sure. <laughs> Human decency is enough to compel. This old podcast's hosts emotions to swell. Hmm. Please buy the man a beer who's lost for 3.4 years. Let's all raise a glass to Jack Rodwell. Wow. Yeah. The man hasn't won. He has not started a match wow. on a winning side. In 1,241 days, three years. Well, I'm not applauding his loss. I'm applauding <laughs> your limerick. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> three years and five months since he has Whoa. started for a club that has won a match. That seems so impossible. Yeah. It's partially his fault because if you remember last year, there were plenty of times where he had chances to, to either get victories, 
He had a couple. He had a couple sitters that were missed. You're saying he was a winner of the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week he award. He definitely was Cameron Jerome Wasteful yeah. Player so, of the Week award winner more than once. Let me get this straight. Is he the closest thing to a modern day Jonah on the <laughs> ship that we can have? Does he just need to get released? And then Could maybe be. isn't it sad because he was once a bright star, young star, he was playing at City. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Jack uh, Rodwell. Her, like, there's no bigger loser today. This is Jack the Rodwell. worst start to a season for any Premier League club since Southampton in 1998-99 wow. season. Wow, wow, wow. Who also had two draws and seven losses in their first nine. No wow. wins. But on the plus side, Southampton finished 17th that season. So there is a glimmer of hope. A chance. There is a glimmer of non-relegation hope for Sunderland. And David Moyes said, as much as I think the, it, was some, it was nearly this exact quote, I didn't expect it, like I didn't want it to be this way, but in the back of my mind, I kind of thought it would be. Like yeah. knowing that the growing pains would be there and it would not be easy with this particular club. For Sunderland, Defoe has gone on a three-game score-less streak. He's still a threat to score at 42 Overall fantasy points at 7.3. He's still not a bad own, like as a third striker. For for West Ham, uh, Antonio, who I think I'm probably selling this week, he, four games in a row. And again, I'm saying this, anyone listening to this should now go buy Antonio <laughs> if you don't own him because the second I sell him, he will score. Nice. He hasn't scored in four weeks. His last four weeks, 2-2, two, 3-3. Two, three, and three. Payet is probably the much better own at uh, 9.4, his last five games, 10, 1, 10, 3, and 7. And very unlucky here. And very unlucky. So Payet uh, always seems to be a good own. I think West Ham is slowly, well, Brian, would you agree, is slowly trying to turn a Yeah, turn I a think so. I mean, they, things they're in the certainly, right things are looking up. Andre Au is training again with them. You're not going to, you don't expect ever to see uh, uh, Man Bun. Uh, dreadlocks. What's man? What the braided hair? The Andy Carroll, the oh, Andy Carroll. The you Andy don't ever Carroll. expect to see him again. Uh, but I don't think they are gonna. I don't think they're really gonna need it. I think they'll. The Cresswell's off his suspension, this, yeah. so you get him back this week. That definitely helps them in attack. Hyatt's been involved in six of West Ham's seven goals since he's come back to play a yep, lot yeah. in Week Four. He's instrumental. He's yeah. just really good. But. Four of their next six matches are away, and they're not the easiest matches. So I'd temper your expectations, I suppose. Hall nil, Stoke two. Is there a more in, in a week of frustration, in a week that has made me yell into my microphone more than many? Sure. Uh, is there a more frustrating fantasy soccer player than Jordan Shakiri? Scores two in this. Yes, game. there is more frustrating player than him, but I don't know who it is. <laughs> there definitely Shakiri, has to be. It's it's crazy. Uh, you're not going to own him. That's the. I think that's the reason why, because it's not somebody that it's like, oh yeah, I've got Shakiri to start my season, and then he gets a a hamstring or a thigh injury, and then you don't see him again for four weeks. And then you're like, what? I, but I had such high hopes. Yeah. I just don't think he's that guy. His goals are amazing. They were his so first, nice. He had two goals in this game. And, and 
They're unbelievable. One of them was a free kick, and the other was he had some space about 10 feet outside the box and just ripped a shot that no one could come close to. It's yeah. just fantastic. Mark Hughes said about Shakiri, speaking to their own to Stokes website, he said, we always thought it might take him a season or so to get fully to grips with what this league offers. He's showing signs now that he feels comfortable and knows what it takes to influence games in the right manner. Why against Hull are you going to say something like that about a professional player? Like It just seems like he's already shown flashes of this all along. Like It just seems like a, a really glowing endorsement of Shakiri for somebody that's already done it. I don't know. Hull's in trouble. Hull's in big trouble. Hull and Sunderland are getting... uh, Oh. Shakiri. Yeah, sure. He's only $6.3 billion. Right. Huh. It doesn't matter. He's only 4.3% owned, but he's been transferred in over 30,000 times since the end of the... It it matters a little bit. I think those people are going to be very disappointed. I'm probably not going to own him, and I would agree, Scott. Uh, It's their run of matches, though. But the only thing that would disappoint you is if he gets hurt again. Right. Their their next up, four upcoming matches: Swansea at West Ham, Bournemouth at Watford, and then home Burnley right after that. Yeah, I mean it's favorable on paper, but in you know injuries don't know the difficulty level of the next opponent. They just come no matter what when they come. And Shakiri, it's never been about the opponent. He it seems like he those, might play four or five games, and then all of a sudden he's got an injury. He's got to keep him out for another four. He can put goals in against anybody. It's just a matter of being out there to put the goals in. Yeah. I, I can't count on that. I can't count on that. Swansea nil, Watford nil. Nothing to see here, right? I mean, the only thing of interest, Brian, you brought this up. Bob Bradley is definitely tinkering to find the best Swansea lineup. So those guys we talked about last week and Gilfie and Fur, maybe maybe you wait if you haven't well, bought them yet. Gilfie is the one guy. He'll he'll be in there. Yeah, Gilfie is Gilfie's the guy that I'm interested in for them. Uh, but losing, uh, and then on defense, the one guy that's been really consistent. He was really good last year and has been consistent all this year. He he lost out a lot of starting last last year towards the middle on the end of the season. Was Kyle Naughton? Kyle Naughton's the one guy that has had the really consistent s- spot for Swansea's defense. Uh, Jordi Amat is the uh, the the guy. Um, just the ownership on Leroy Fair and uh, Jordi Amat. A-, a lot of people owned Amat, I think, because he was so cheap. Yep. And he had a consistent spot. Did have a consistent spot. Obviously, now you know. I. It might be worth it to wait. I think the one. I mean, the obvious one guy you can count on is Gilfy. Mm. Uh, a lot of those guys, I think Urente had a really good chance too in this one, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I mean, be- really, it comes down to where you're going to buy somebody like that. You're never yeah. going to buy that guy. Mm. I think Swansea's next like three months is pretty predictable. I think Bradley's going to find something in a couple of weeks. He's going to ride that to a few results in a row to bring them out of the bottom three. And we're going to start saying maybe there's another second guy, maybe Fur again, or maybe maybe Bastone is finally the guy or something like that. And then they're going to level off and probably finish 15th. And I think, I, I mean, I, you can you can 
keep this clip, Dave, and see if I'm right. But I do think that's what we're going to see um, because we've seen it before. It's pretty predictable. What that means, though, is that we have to wait a bit. Maybe maybe Gilfie is okay, but we have to wait on anyone else to see who Bradley's going to settle with. And then just know that there's going to be a shelf life because they are going to level off and, and be 50. They, they are no better than 15. It's going to take a lot for them to have anyone, though, worth, in my opinion, playing in fantasy soccer. Yeah. I, mean, it, I see it potentially during that stretch of matches. So if you can predict when that's going to start, I think they're going to hit, they're going to, they're going to find something. Bradley's going to find something. Yeah. He's going to use it to ride out three, four matches where if you can predict that pretty early, maybe in that stretch, yeah. but it's going to be someone with a very short shelf life. Kapu seems to have cooled off. He yeah, he's last who four we games, thought he was. He finally, has calmed down. It's it's very weird though. The last four games I'm angry for about that. People well, people overreact every week. The weird thing about Kapu was this: they they went through a a tough stretch of games yeah. where he was scoring. I know. They, then they came into his last four games a very easy stretch of yep. games, and he hasn't scored. But it's probably who exactly who we thought he was. Has not scored in the last and or assisted in the last four games. I just, hope, I just wish more people would listen to us because we said Kapu is not going to be someone that you're going to want long term this year. Not going to happen. I agree. Will he score another goal this year? Well, yeah, no, he will. I'm sure. You think so? Yeah, he's not going to go scoreless the rest of the year. I think he I might. Know. I think he might. Well, add that to my Zlatan. If prediction. you want to add that to your over at unders, <laughs> I'll take the over on your zero. <laughs> All right. I Troy, can't go under zero, though. Troy Deeney might still be worth a own. Probably not. I yeah, mean, I feel he, bad for Troy Deeney. He's the same for Defoe. Uh, yeah, Troy Deeney's been fine. I, I mean, you're just not going to get goals from from players every single week. Deeney's the, Deeney's the obvious guy. Isaac's success doesn't play after playing really well. I know. Loses out on a for an injury and goes right back to Agallo, and Agallo and Deeney proceed to do nothing yeah. against Swansea. I feel like we're recording this on Tuesday morning. The news is just breaking, and we're just starting to get the ramifications. We have no idea what's going to happen about Watford and this leaked bank document that was potentially forged yeah. uh, by the owner. What in the or weird, whatever. man? And why does that get out now? I know, and, and there's a lot of talk about a possible points loss for the club. So I, that's why I say I feel bad for guys like Troy Deeney. What have they ever done except go out and try their best for this club, and yeah. now they're going to suffer by losing all the points they've earned so far this year, potentially, uh, you know, it's 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 something where you know we have no idea what that if there'll be any impact on fantasy soccer because obviously you know, that's going to create a, a potential hole that they're going to have to dig out of. How will the players respond to this? There's a whole lot that's unknown at this point. I expect we'll probably talk more about it in the next couple of weeks. I agree. Well, listen, we're at the end of the show. It has been a lot of fun. Uh, you can always catch us on uh, our website at fantasysoccerfc.com always follow us on twitter as we are going to be launching and lobbing tweets into the internet space often like a laser banana like a like a banana laser <laughs> lobbing our sure. lobbing tweets like yep. a laser banana none of that makes even the slightest <laughs> bit of sense but follow us on twitter at fantasysoccerfc for scott for brian this is david We'll see you next time.